Hi, I'm Josh. And I'm Gabriel. And today on Reading the Gospel, we are studying the event where Jesus feeds the 4,000. This can be found both in the Gospel of Matthew and Mark. In Matthew, it's chapter 15, verses 32 through 39. And in Mark, it's chapter 8, verses 1 through 10. Today, we'll be reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Follow along in chapter 15, beginning in verse 32. Then Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And I am unwilling to send them away hungry lest they faint on the way. And the disciples said to him, Where are we to get enough bread in such a desolate place to feed so great a crowd? And Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? They said, Seven and a few small fish. And directing the crowds to sit down on the ground, he took the seven loaves and the fish, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up seven baskets full of broken pieces left over. Those who ate were four thousand men, besides women and children. And after sending away the crowds, he got into the boat and went to the region of Magadan. So we have another story, and this is almost identical to the the feeding the 5,000. Mm-hmm. There's a few differences. Uh, one of the big differences, this is on the other side of the lake. On the east side. Yeah, so, so who's living on the east side again? So it is Gergasa or Decapolis, that region of 10 Roman colonies, 10 cities, Decapolis. Mm-hmm. So this is not a Jewish population. And these people seems to be more passionate um, about Jesus Christ because yeah. they have been following him for three full days. Yeah, and, and it seems like there's been no big meal in these three days. Mm-hmm. Uh, the previous crowd, they were there for the day mm-hmm. um, and they were getting hungry and then the boy shared his lunch. But but here, they're here three full days and, and Jesus is the one concerned here. Mm-hmm. Like, well, if we send them away, they may faint on the way home, so we need to feed them. Mm-hmm. You would think the disciples would have known. They've already gone through one of these before. They would have known what Jesus can do. Yeah, so they knew that they were able to feed 5,000 people before. But even the first time, um, remember, uh, it was um, Andrew who said to Jesus, yeah, I know someone who has some... Um, you know, loaves of bread and a couple of fish, but that's nothing for the crowd. Mm -hmm. They didn't learn the lesson. Why do we forget so easily? You know, it's funny. Um, I've shared this before. When I I played disc, frisbee golf, disc golf, and part of playing the game is losing your discs in the woods and going and trying to find them. And whenever my kids are with us, whenever we pray, we find the disc. You would think as soon as it went in the woods, I would start praying. You would think that would happen. Uh, But just the other day, uh, we had a disc lost in the woods and we're sitting there, sitting there, and we found it right as my son was praying. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he was praying in his head. He didn't tell us, but he, he remembered. And 
we as humans, we, we think we'd do better than the disciples, but we don't. Uh, at least I don't. I, I think I'd fit in well as a disciple of Jesus and not catching on very quick. For some reason, prayer is the last resort. Yeah, yeah, and, and it should be the, the first resort. Yeah, imagine how, how different the world would be if prayer would be the first resort. Mm-hmm. So in, in Matthew, they say this is 4,000 men besides women and small children. This could be a big crowd. Yeah. This could be 10,000 people um, sitting on, on the mountainside, or, or they had big families back then. This could be more. Um, but so, so this was a large crowd that Jesus is feeding, and it could also be that the disciples looked out and thought, wow, you know, last time we had 5,000 people and, and it seems to be that they are away from uh, from a town or from a village, yeah, because they themselves call it a desolate place. And I wonder if that's also, you know, they're they're across the Sea of Galilee. It's not their hometown, but mm -hmm. regardless of what they're thinking, Jesus here divides up the loaves that they have and the fish and feeds the crowd. So. I just read while you were speaking once again, it says that uh, uh, Jesus took the seven loaves mm -hmm. and the fish and having given thanks, that means having the prayer, he broke them and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. Mm -hmm. So the question, the multiplication of the bread and fish happened in Jesus? hands or in the disciples hands in my wild imagination i imagine both so I, I don't think jesus was just sitting there breaking and they keep coming back and getting refills i think jesus might have broke them up put them in the baskets and then as they're taking them out they're breaking and sharing um with others around and it, it just never ends so why the disciples are being involved this time I see them involved in the last one too, though. You know, Jesus prayed over the bread and he broke it and, and shared it. But I don't see Jesus as the one going up and down. You know, the disciples went and fed, uh, shared it, dispersed around. Um, so, at, at least for me, and I could be wrong, I don't see a difference in that aspect of this miracle. So, what does this story tell us about God? A God of compassion. Mm -hmm. And this is how he started uh, in verse 32. I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. I'm unwilling to send them away hungry lest they faint on the way. A God that is interested in our well-being he cares for all the basic needs of us, mm -hmm. um, our physical needs, our emotional needs, our spiritual needs. Yeah. I think one of the greatest driving forces in our life is hunger mm -hmm. um, and, and desire to eat and food. And time and time again, we see God meeting this need. Um, and it doesn't seem like God, God doesn't have to eat um, he, to survive like, like we do. Um, but 
God is very involved in meals. Uh, he's always coming at mealtime. You know, when we get to heaven, the banquet set up in heaven that uh, Jesus will partake um, of the, the bread and the wine for the first time. In Revelation 20, Jesus Christ knocks at the door at dinner's time. Yeah, at dinner time. And so I, I see a God who knows our desires and desires to be in that place. Mm -hmm. um, to desires to be with us at feeding time, at meal time. And I, I don't know. For me, it just makes me want to hang out with him more. Because when you're with a group of friends, hey, let's go do something. What should we do? Let's go get some food. Uh, food is the universal binding of friendship, I think. Mm -hmm. So, And it happened from the Garden of Eden all the way to the restored in Revelation. Uh, last yeah. couple of chapters. Yeah, the food is there, and it's uh, the simple, natural fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. Fruit, food that you know connects us, unites us. Exactly. All right. So, how is this passage speaking to you today, and what are you going to do about it? For me, as I mentioned before, uh, I've seen a direct uh, implication of the disciples. I agree with you, they may have been implied last time, but this, are, uh, this is an express mm -hmm. mentioning of this um, uh, extra chain of, um, in the miracle. And uh, I see a God who wants us to be part of the solution, who involved us into the process of healing. Mm -hmm. And somehow we receive from God in order to give. I didn't see the disciples just, you know, shoveling down their throats, you know, bit after bit after bit. Mm -hmm. And I see them uh, taking care of the people in the crowd first. You receive in order to give. I like this idea of the middleman here, which uh, is uh, God calling us to be part of this circuit of grace, universal circuit of grace. Uh, as a circuit of water and food chain and friendship in, in society, mm -hmm. we are called to receive in order to give. And this should be a fundamental rule in life, receive in order to give. So uh, this is how this uh, passage spoke to me. Uh, what I'm going to do about it here I am, Lord, send me, yeah. right? As I'm yeah. ready to be involved. And uh, I've seen that I've been, you know, praying once in a while some, in my life. Here I am, Lord, send them, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm good but, here. Yeah. Go send them over there. Yeah. Um, I had a friend who, whenever we went to his house, his mother would put out food for us. Doesn't matter what time of day or night. Um, she was always putting out food. And again, getting back to, I guess, my previous thought as I'm reading this, it's not the disciples coming to Jesus and saying, we're hungry. It's not the crowd saying we're hungry. It's mm -hmm. Jesus initiating this thought um, and, and seeing a God who loves and cares for us and, and seeks to fulfill our desires and our needs. And um, we can do that for others. As we look around, um, I had a friend who, when I went to their house, they had a special cabinet just full of food 
a meal ready to go. So if anyone came to their house, they could prepare a meal in a few minutes and give food to that that person. And yeah. you know, what what can we do to meet the basic needs of the people around us? And Jesus Christ anticipates the future more than we human being might might know it. Mm-hmm. So imagine that he Jesus didn't feed this crowd. Yeah. And on the way home some people would faint or, you know, would be a stampede and you know the weakest would be trampled upon imagine the newspaper uh, titles next day in jerusalem post or whatever yeah <laughs> those times um, nobody would speak about jesus miracle they will speak about what happened to one or two people so it is very important for us when we plan events um, when we plan a process when we plan you know church life we should take into consideration all needs. We need a big picture because otherwise the gospel will not have the uh, desired impact. Yeah, the gospel can be preached through many different means. Uh, and it can be preached to people uh, through food. Um, the gospel can be preached through to people through clothing them, through visiting them, through um, many different actions. And it's not just about reading the word of God but it's about changing people's lives. Mm-hmm. And we need to, to constantly do that. Mm-hmm. Let's pray. Father God, as we look at Jesus, who is our example, we see someone who has a concern, not just for our salvation, but for our physical well-being. And someone who will go out of the way to, to make sure that needs are met. And you charge us with the the same thing, that true religion is caring for the orphans and the the widows, that um, we should be there meeting the needs of those around us. Amen. And I pray, Father, that you will open our eyes to needs. So often we're just stuck at home and we're not even looking. I pray, Father, that you will help us, give us the courage to step out of our comfort zone and to help those. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.